0: It's time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dakis.
1: Welcome into to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. Johnny Hill producing as always. We're with you. For the next three hours, a ton to get to. It's really it's one of those weird days where it doesn't seem like there's a ton of like big breaking news like out there that's like, We gotta talk about this to start the show. But there's a lot of like little things that all together just make it a very newsy day, at least in my opinion. But like I said, Brighton Brett with you. Uh, Brett, how are you this afternoon?
2: I'm doing well, Brian. It's the perfect de- definition of six to one, half dozen to another. That's right. I mean, it, it uh, a, a little adds up to a lot mm-hmm. on this day, and maybe by the end of this day, we could have a bigger story—one that yeah. ev- everybody's been seeing mm-hmm. coming—and that's Jim Harbaugh to probably the Chargers in the NFL. I think if he—if it's announced he's going anywhere mm-hmm. today, yeah. it would be with the Chargers, but maybe not. And he, you know, he's—he's he's been very coy and kind of. Played hard to get the last few years. I do think he is having. It just feels like he's having a tough time leaving a, a place. I think yeah. he really loves. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, grew up there. And this year, the you know, the full circle uh, of of winning it as a head coach. There didn't win it as a player, but had what was on mighty good teams there. Also at five o'clock today, and Brian, We get it every year during mm-hmm. this time, don't we? Yep. We get the first bite of the apple. Sure do. Of of the baseball Hall of Fame mm-hmm. announcement, and every year it creates a, a lot of stuff, a, and it will this year. Mm-hmm. Look, we know who's not getting in, and we know I I, I think it's a travesty yeah. that a lot of those names are aren't getting in, and, and may never, yeah. uh, probably won't ever. And and how people feel on that, it does it it did not bother me. It does not bother me, and I think they should be in. I agree. And, and every year at this time, the 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 Puritans, uh, oh, the yeah. the without flawed humans, especially those voters <laughs> that truly think they are Gabriel blowing his horn yes. and allowing people into yes. the pearly gates yes. of heaven with their their Hall of Fame votes, and they take such a high stand Ooh, yes, on do. everything. Boy, I would really like to examine some of them's real <laughs> real lives and just see if they're they they're that perfect but anyway they got that vote and they love it there, there is no sporting vote more sacred mm-hmm. and more hallowed especially to those voters than the baseball hall of fame. Oh yeah.
1: It's, it's something. And, and I always think about it because you have, there's some AP voters, whether it's college football or college basketball, that they'll like to put out their, their, you know, how they did. And I, I am fine with that, whatever. But the way that the hall of fame voters in baseball present their ballot after they've, they've put it in and how they post it. And, you know, some people will write 2,000 words on, on why they picked this person. It's substack. Exactly. And it's just, yeah, and I still crazy. don't really
2: know what it is. What it is, Substack.
1: And it's uh, what can I compare it to? It's just basically you could subscribe and and you know you can go on there and gotcha. write or post things or whatever, and people can subscribe to it. I've
2: never read a word of Substack.
1: Um, I don't, I don't think I have either. Maybe I've come across like a free Substack that I've been on, but I haven't been on many Substacks. But it, but, but there will hand. be,
2: there will be. Now I've I've got some Heisman Trophy brethren that thinks the that the, they're holding the mm-hmm. keys to. Uh, Maybe a special room at the pearly gates, <laughs> but not full admission. Right. Like the baseball hall mm-hmm. of famers. We'll have that and sure. who's in, who's out, the snubs, who's close. Uh, is, is it 75% or 70? You have to get 75% votes. 75. And, you know, after last year. I'm still stunned, Scott Rowland's in baseball.
1: One <laughs> well, and, and last year when we got that, I was the lone defender here of of Scott Rowland I getting know. in defensively. I mean, one of the best defensive players you could find. But uh, and,
3: and
2: you and you made a good case. And and I, and a lot of times, I think defense gets forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you know, there are a couple of guys that are in there really only because of their defense. Yeah. Bill Maserowski had a very famous mm-hmm. home run, but it was sure. one home run. Uh I think Richie Ashburn largely mm-hmm. was in just because his, of his defense. You could you could make the case for Louis Apparicio. Some would I think misguidedly say Ozzy Smith, but he you know he ended up right. cobbling together being you know twenty five almost twenty five hundred career career hits and a really good batsman, mm-hmm. really good hit, hitting behind the runner, oh, yep. sacrificing things like that, but. Uh, you know, Brooks Robinson was so much more than uh defense. But Adrian Beltre, he'll, he'll get in oh, yeah. unanimously, and I think should it and, and could push for highest percentage vote of any third baseman ever yeah. that I think is held by George Brett like at 97.2. Who in the world didn't <laughs> vote for George Brett? And are you proud of that?
1: Oh, there's somebody out there that's proud of it, Brett. You oh, yeah, there,
2: there there's 1.2.8% yeah. uh, uh-huh. that didn't. But there's and... somebody
1: that has it like in their Twitter bio, like did not vote. Oh, you're right, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's somebody that... just flexing it as much as they can.
2: Yeah, there's somebody. Jersey pops over. Uh-huh. I didn't that's vote right. for George that's Brett. Right. I didn't right. vote for Willie Mays.
1: Oh, Those people. people. Uh, yeah,
2: really. hey, here's the defensive guy that I don't uh, – he's not going to get in. I don't think he's ever going to get in. I think Omar Vizquel should mm. really merit yeah. a little more consideration. And he may get in next year, mm-hmm. and he was more than just defense, Chase Utley.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, and that's a, that's a name I've seen uh, a lot of people talking about for this year. I'm excited for it. I always like the, the Baseball Hall of Fame and, and seeing who gets in. And you know, just a couple more hours, and we'll be able to, to talk yeah. about who's in and who's out.
2: We know Jimmy Leland's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Already already announced. and. Fine by that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. So five o'clock. I, I kind of forgot it was today, but uh, now. I'm but if,
2: if there that. was a hall of good oh, before yeah. this time, this time last year, if there had been a hall <laughs> of good, I think Scott Rowland would be at yeah. the top of that. Oh,
1: certainly. I mean, he would be the the, the first plaque you'd see walking but in. But now, it's no hall of good. It's all, all of fame. fame. Cooperstown. How about and, that? And and,
2: and, and you're, you're already hearing this about in the in the NFL discussions on some of these quarterbacks mm-hmm. that that someday I think Josh Allen goes to the Hall of Fame, but his room will be different, Patrick Mahomes. There's there's just one room.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You either in or you're you're
1: not. (laughs) You're either in the Hall of Fame or you're not in the Hall of Fame. Gold jacket
2: means you're in. Without one, means you're out. Yes.
1: Yes, that that is one argument I hate, and that's it really in every sport. So, okay, well, you know, th- they should be in the Hall of Fame, but they shouldn't be with you know this guy or that guy or that. No, I mean they're no, they're if, in, they're in. I mean, if you
2: get in Augusta National, yeah. you got full that's right. membership. That's right, that's
1: right. So it's but that's that's a conversation everyone has for every Hall of Fame uh, football, basketball, baseball, whatever. I saw the college baseball Hall of Fames moving to like. Somewhere in Missouri. I don't know where it's been. There's a but,
2: college baseball hall of fame,
1: but I learned it today. I learned they're moving to like somewhere right Is that outside What you against. learned
2: today? That's good. I, you got that out got, of the way. I quick. Got a pre
1: what I learned today. How about <laughs> that? No, it's for some reason like Patrick Mahomes like played a key role of like moving it. I don't know. Very, very strange. Really? yeah. Okay, Patrick Mahomes loves loves his college baseball. So,
2: but it's it, dad was today. a really good player,
1: yeah, yeah. So, uh, a lot of a lot of hall of fame talk today.
2: You know, I love the TV ratings news yes, from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, and the big catch line, the big headline today was, and it, it's just whopping. It's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. $50 million for Kansas City-Buffalo. And you think of those two markets. We went over market sizes yeah. last week, and there are just a lot of markets, a lot bigger than Kansas City That's and right. Buffalo, and they drew $50 million. But inside some ratings news today, I think I may have found the topper of my life.
1: Really? Oh, of your life? Of
2: my life. Wow. Certainly the topper of any ratings news anytime soon. So you remember a couple Sundays ago when they couldn't play the game in Buffalo because uh-huh. of the extreme weather. Right. So it left I think it was CBS carrying that game. It left they they had to fill that Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So they ran a replay of a game for a, a playoff game from last year. Okay. It drew four point five million. R- really? Yeah. Who
1: do we know who what what game it was? Do we know like who was I, I playing? it?
2: I, I? don't know. I, I want I want to say Buffalo and Kansas City is what they they, they showed. Interesting. I, they, I, I'm not sure. That's but crazy. It drew four point five million.
1: A replay, in just a, on a, on a Sunday afternoon.
2: You don't think we're conditioned to have crazy. our TVs on football? Uh-huh on Saturdays and Sundays, and particularly Sunday afternoon in January.
1: That's incredible.
2: It, it really is. And, and and along those lines, that this was the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, the Grizzlies played on TNT yep. on MLK Day. Mm-hmm. A lot of publicity, sure. primo time, mm-hmm. uh, 5 o'clock Central, yep. 6 o'clock East, 3 mm-hmm. o'clock West Coast, playing Golden State. That's right. You know, a real TV mm-hmm. team. And... The the Bay Area and all that drew about five hundred thousand people, wow. five hundred thousand viewers. Wow! A replay drew four million more. Wow!
1: On a Sunday afternoon, no less. Yes, that is that's crazy,
2: it, it, wow. mind blowing.
1: I mean, I'm speechless, which is not good for radio. But so I, so, I literally am. so
2: maybe shouldn't the networks? And I, I don't know what kind of tea, what kind of deal they have, mm-hmm. and you know if they if I'm sure they do. You think they own it? But if, if with the NFL sign off on it, why wouldn't you run that on Saturdays? Saturdays during the summer. That's
1: good. Good point. I mean, just throw it up there. Throw replays up there. If you're going to get that, yeah. Why not?
2: Now I, I don't. I don't know if they can. I don't know if yeah, there's a.
1: I have no idea how you know a shelf life of how long yeah. it's theirs. The TV per se. world is is one world that I am not uh, yeah. any familiar. Nor am I, with. but, <laughs> but th- th-
2: th- I thought I, th- I thought people would would be blown That's away. Crazy, but the most blown away I've been today.
3: Okay,
2: the quotes from last night at the coaching show. Ah, uh, yes, Coach Penny Hardaway. We'll talk yes. with Dave about it. Uh-huh. We'll talk a lot about it today. And for cl- clarity's sake, mm-hmm. Jason Munn's had the story mm-hmm. and. And the Daily Memphian beat person. Parth, yeah. P- Parth had the story as well. And it, so this ran out over the air too. Yes. I, I assume on, on the Monday Night Coaches show. Mm. Over at Brookhaven, right?
1: Yeah, from what I understand, yes, this happened during. I did not listen to the to the radio. So there's chill just no way
2: that two two reporters would w- w- would get that and, quote.
1: And and both report I mean, wrong. We we talk to Jason every Friday. Right. He's unbelievable. He, he's at his not job. getting it wrong. Parth he, is also unbelievable at his job. We have two great beat reporters here in Memphis. Not both of them would not misquote a coach for sure.
2: For Penny Hardaway to say he gave his veteran players basically the first three months off. I've never heard a coach say that.
1: It's crazy.
2: I've never heard a coach say, except for maybe around the holidays,
1: in <laughs> a day and a half or two. Where they give them that week off and say, go home from, to your family.
2: Or from graduation to uh-huh. memorial right. weekend. Yeah. But three months, you don't get three months off in a college world uh-huh. anytime, much less in
1: season. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 crazy and, and Brett you know we're stunning at admission yeah I mean it's crazy and we were talking about it you know off air but just the the fact that you know Penny Hardaway is talking about the the conference and how his players you know don't respect the conference when he was the first one I mean we remember before the season started where he said the non-conference is our season we are not worried about the conference late because it's gonna be slop but, but Based on what we're playing in non-conference, I, I,
2: ha- I have a a screenshot saved oh, of an October thirtieth tweet of yeah. Jason Muns, Tiger's beat writer, mm-hmm. regular guest on these airwaves, yeah. of Penny Hardaway in quotations saying, "the co- the non-conference portion is the most important mm-hmm. part of our season." Yep. So if if anybody got got any vibe of not. Uh, respecting in the con- any conference member, and he mm-hmm. he said he, his players a lot of his transfer players didn't respect this conference. Uh-huh. He didn't respect this no. conference.
1: No, he didn't respect it. And when you have all of these transfers that are coming in, and and your two, I would say everyone would probably agree, your two best players right now are David Jones and J- and uh, and Quinterly, Javon Quinterly. Javon Quinterly came from Alabama in the SEC and David Jones came from St. John's in the Big East. So when they've been playing UConn and and all the teams in the Big East and and Quinterly's playing Kentucky and and Florida and all the teams in the SEC, and then they come here and their head coach is saying, well, the non-conference is really the important part because you know we're in the American And take three months off. And take three months off. How are they supposed to respect the conference? I mean, they're not going to respect the conference at all.
2: Just incredible. Uh, If if penny Hart any any ad out there should call him in and go don't give anybody 3 months off again no. in season ever again
1: no 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 and and you know he did say that this week he was going they were going to get back to what what practices should be now uh, we're going to get tough now we're going to get tough that's right this is gonna on be the
2: Janu- on january 23rd
1: after back to back losses it took you mm-hmm. know two back to back losses and and a couple awful games and conference play to, to straighten that out.
2: Right? And, and I, I guarantee you, I can I, without any trouble, mm-hmm. I can find quotes around the trip to the Dominican yeah. Republic about uh-huh. how hard they were working. Yes. And, no, and no, no time off, no uh-huh. relaxation. Uh-huh. Everybody get locked in.
1: Yep, locked in. And these guys, the, that they had to focus on on getting the chemistry right, and the chemistry was already building. And and look out, and and now we're. Now we're gonna get tough. Now we're here. Now, now we're here and a week off, and hopefully. And, and I saw Andy Kennedy also. I'm guessing also had his coaches show last night and was telling people to to come out and and make it a raucous environment for for Memphis UAB. UAB's gonna be ready, and uh, and Andy Kennedy's gonna be ready for that game, and so Tigers are gonna have to bring it on Sunday.
2: Yeah, it, it's big for UAB. They're just happy to be out of CUSA.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, they're they're happy to be in a, in a better conference. I mean, the USA and the American, I mean, those teams think that they, it's a step up for sure. So um, it's going to be an interesting week for them as they've got um, the, the weekdays off uh, in terms of games before getting back to action. Good Grizzlies Sunday. win last night. Good Great Grizzlies, with Grizzlies win. win. Uh, really good. Uh, on the road against uh, Toronto. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Taylor
2: Jenkins now at 195 mm-hmm. wins, and he, he trails for first in team history. Lionel Hollins mm-hmm. is at 214. I don't know if he can... Wow. I don't think he can tie. I know he can't tie him this year, but he can very early part of, la- of yep. next year. And I, I would have thought he would have broken through it easily this year, mm-hmm. but with the disaster this year yep.
1: that it became. Yeah, this this year has certainly changed, but a, a really good win um, for those young guys last night in Toronto. Well, let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. 3.30, Dave Voloshin, the voice of the Tigers, he'll join us. We'll talk about uh, these back-to-back losses for the Tigers this week off. What Penny Hardaway said last night during his uh, coach's show. We'll get to all of that in our next segment with Dave. 3.45, we'll talk more about the Grizzlies and their win last night over the Raptors. 4 o'clock, Brent Beard from First Coast News down in Jacksonville will join us talk college football. A lot of college football news out there this week with some of the potential changes, uh, especially at Michigan 430 we'll get into the NFL as we're now to the conference championship games 445 we will get to big number of the day five o'clock Bo Marchant will join us we'll talk more NFL with him 530 we'll get to what's trending and at 545 We'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Let me remind you, as always, we're sitting in our family leisure studios where family and fun come together and get over there for the floor model sale. All floor model patio sets are priced to move. Wicker sofa set, under $2,000. Close out patio cushions, as low as $25. Pool tables, under $1,500. Theater seating, under $2,000. And four-person hot tubs, now under $5,000. Infrared and traditional steam saunas are now 25% off. Get ready for summer and purchase your above-ground pool now to get first in line for installation. Special financing, it's also available, but only at Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40.
2: Johnny Hill producing for us. We're Brian and Brent. We're sports time, and we're with you until 6 o'clock. We want you to be a part of our show. You can text or call at (laughs) 901-360-8255. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis. They're at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. The one and only Lexus dealership in town with great offers on all 2024 models and always special leasing options. Call them at 901-334-9673. You can drive in luxury and confidence knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by today at Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2024 flagship LS500. You'll be looking, you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com Experience amazing, experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis top story of the day
0: well
1: brett my top story is something that we don't really talk about on this show but it was big news this morning and i think it has a much bigger impact for the sports world Uh, this morning it was announced that netflix will stream wwe's raw starting next year in 2025 in a five billion dollar deal you might wonder, uh, why is wrestling a top story? We don't really ever talk about wrestling on this show. and, and Because it's be, not a sport. You would be right, yes, but... I think this is huge because it really has nothing to do with WWE or wrestling itself. It means so much more for the future of watching sports. Good point. Uh, WWE, when you look at ratings and, and viewership, it's so huge, so big. This fan base that tunes in for WWE on a weekly basis is massive. And this move, it's not adjacent uh, to live television. This isn't just something, oh, you know, if you don't have cable, you can go on and now watch it on Netflix. This is... Completely abandoning linear television entirely, and I know plenty of people um, have been talking about how unhappy they were and, and how uh, difficult it was um, to. I guess now two weekends ago, um, when we had a Peacock exclusive game for Super Wildcard Weekend, but this move might indicate that there's more mainstream movement to streaming coming in the very near future for sports that we all watch. We've already. This seen is it. what's going
2: to make me stream is the the. <laughs> on the Netflix.
1: <laughs> that, hey, Brett, you know, it might be, but Netflix has been very eager for... If they
2: bring um, back Rough House Fargo, I'll sign <laughs> up. All
1: right. Look, I'll, I'll try to work some connections and get them to do it. But no, Netflix has been really wanting to get out there in the live entertainment platform. They've talked about um, doing sports before, but this deal for them is really the first uh, kind of consistent live product that they're going to have. I now think with Peacock doing what they did um, with the Super Wildcard game, now this move for Netflix it looks like a lot of networks uh, and streaming services are seeing this as very profitable, and that you know we could we could see it going very soon. Because when we're talking about all of the streaming services out there, Brett, and believe me, I'm subscribed to all of them. That all of them can't survive. And so when you talk about getting live sports, uh, it's a huge play. For live the services, entertainment. Live entertainment. But Brett, this isn't about WWE. Because this is going to go to sports, and yeah, before we know it, we're going to see a lot of live sports doing streaming only.
2: Yeah, that, you will. Lance and Dave were ahead of their time, Man. standing in front of the desk at, at 1960 <laughs> Union doing doing the wrestling, weren't they?
1: Sure they were. They were. I, I, Not and,
2: and nothing nothing better than on Saturday when Dave Brown would go, Lance, I think he has a chain, <laughs> and then on Monday night, give us the five, seven, and ten day forecast. I t-
1: Beautiful. I mean, what more do you want, (laughs) Brett? The
2: most trusted man in town thought a grown man had a chain. Uh, We'll put another one with it. (laughs) My top story of the day, the big men ruled the earth last night in the NBA, didn't they? 70 for Joel Embiid. Mm. Only two threes Hmm. and the third seven-footer to go over 70. Wilt Chamberlain and David Robinson, the other two. Carl Anthony Towns was close. He had 62 in a loss. And then their coach, Chris Finch, and I loved it, properly ripped his team. And when he was saying those things last night about immature, Mm -hmm. have you ever heard Taylor Jenkins get on the Grizzlies like this? Mm, I have not. Chris Finch did it in a year that they can win it all. Certainly can be the one seed in the West. And he he got on them really hard last night. You think about right now in town between Taylor Jenkins and Penny Hardaway, we may have the two nicest coaches in, in in college in NBA basketball. We
1: we really might. It's it's close. Well, he sure. gives his
2: team three months off, and the other one never rips his team like that.
1: <laughs> well, that is true. Not top story of the day. Well, my not top story of the day is Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers. It's being reporting they are in striking distance of getting a deal done. Uh, it sounds like you know we've been talking about this for months. Will he? This is agent. He- I mean, All mean,
2: trying to get what, a bidding what, war. What?
1: I mean, Brett... What? I don't blame him. I mean, I I think this is a great play for him. See what Michigan can offer now. Do they, you know, get up to the table and offer something that Jim Harbaugh can't refuse? It sounds like we could be close and maybe by the end of the day today or tomorrow we could get news one way or the other if Jim Harbaugh decides to stay and run it back at Michigan or if he makes the jump that I think a lot of people have been thinking will happen and go to the NFL and take over a Chargers team that really, when you look at the players, have some really nice... Nice pieces just need that head coach to kind of lead them in the right direction.
2: My not top story, the Tiger basketball team with the week with no games, but maybe the most important week of the penny years. Out of this break, this season will be defined. We talked yesterday about the fork in the road Mm -hmm. after 182 games, like John Calipari after Josh after 182. These six years will really be defined by basically these next six weeks. Will he get to the second weekend? And that would mean two wins, and everybody would be good to go with that. It would back off everybody. You, you'd have no room to say a word yeah. of real criticism. But if they're out before that, or the unimaginable happen, and no tournament, then that should inspire a whole different conversation.
1: Ooh, yeah. I mean, uh, Miss Tournament would, uh, I mean, there would be a lot of different conversations than what we're having right now. Because I think now everyone's saying, well, you know, you hit this fork in the road, but everyone's still projecting tournament time for the Tigers.
2: We even tried to talk south about South Florida being a one-off.
1: We did. And then that turned into a... Uh... Back-to-back games and and two straight losses. It's going to be, I mean, this is, we talked about yesterday, this is the fork in the road for the Tigers. I'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more Tigers. Dave Lotion, the voice of the Tigers, he joins us next.
0: Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Let's welcome longtime voice of the Tigers and host of Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings at 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Dave Woloshin, to talk Tigers football and basketball with Bryant and Brett.
1: Dave Lotion, the voice of the Tigers, joins us now to talk some Tiger basketball and Dave, since the last time we talked to you, the Tigers have now dropped two straight games, the first one being a home game where fans were told not to come uh, because of all of the the weather. Tigers dropped that one against USF. Then on Sunday on the road in Tulane where they've really struggled, they lose again. Now back-to-back losses in conference play. What have you made of these last two games for Penny Hardaway and his team?
3: Well, you know, that's why we love sports. You see something every day that's different. I have never in my entire career seen a, uh, a release like the U of M did, yeah. in the email uh, on the night of the USF game where they were going, look guys, we got, we're got we playing the game, but don't come because the roads were tough. And uh, and, and then the game got tough. You had a 20-point lead in the second half. It was early in the second half. But really that's about as bad as I've seen this Memphis team play. Maybe the first half of the Villanova game was similar, but that was against a team that that is is more quality than USF. That was a bad, bad loss, and maybe some of that carried over. Penny opened up the door after the loss to USF that there were chemistry issues. He told me before the game in Tulane, a team which is a much better team, by the way, than USF, a team that was picked third in the league, a team that is underachieved, I think, until they played – The Tigers that played up at you pretty well, too, probably should have won that game. And then there was an interesting call at the end that cost them the game. But um, the the, the chemistry issues in the USF game maybe have carried over a little bit for the end of that game. Certainly, we are finding that this team has a flaw. This team's flaw is the ability to defend, particularly against the three. It cost them against USF, and it really cost them uh, in the game against Tulane. I hate to say it, but the best player for scoring, David Jones, decided to go for a steal. It left Zion James, a good three-point shooter, wide open in the corner, and he hit the go-ahead tree that the Tigers could never uh, again recapture the lead. And there's two in a row. And I was really afraid, honestly, that Memphis was going to fall out of the top 20 to be 19, uh, to be... I think Mike DeCourcy has some six in bracketology. I believe Jerry Palm had him as a seven yeah. in bracketology to still be there and the ability to build up a little bit. You've got two with FAU. you got one with SMU. Charlotte and North Texas are better. You have opportunities still, if you get back to winning ways, to regain. I don't know if you'll get to two or three as a seed, but you, you can get better than the seven or the six that they're in right now.
2: Yeah, twelve games left, six on the road and six at home, and a, a week off. That a lot needs to be re, a lot needs to be reexamined before starting the first of that final six on the road Sunday at UAB against Andy Kennedy and the Blazers. You mentioned a, a first with that release, and it was stunning to see, but it's very rare. To, are you uh, the admonition is to stay away? It's, <laughs> th- it's too yeah. treacherous to go to the game. But Dave, today these quotes from last night at the coaching show. Of, of, I, I gave my, I gave my veteran players three months off when the mantra around a lot of buildings, a lot of the bracelets that are worn, a lot of the signage, a lot of the imagery is no days off. And the head coach saying he gave his team three months off is shocking.
3: Well, I, I think it's rhetoric, right? To be honest with you. Penny's pretty calculating. I mean, they're in pretty good shape. They, they, uh, they, they did win 10 in a row. They got off to a 15-2 and two start. They beat in, in consecutive order at A&M, uh, a Clemson team that's pretty good, and they blew out Virginia. So they were in shape. They were ready to play. I think if we're really being honest about this team, there 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 is a flaw. There's a defensive flaw, in particular, as I mentioned, against threes. And they just, for whatever reason, they have not embraced a Uh, a defensive philosophy that Penny has always had with all his teams, turning people over, really playing hard on that side of the ball. And maybe that is because this collection of players from the portal, and they're all brand new with the exception of Jaden Hardaway and Malcolm Danbridge, they were all scorers. They don't have that defensive mentality that he had hoped that they would develop. Maybe he's, he is going to be able to change that. I, I hope so. I don't know if you can, if, if, um, if they are, like he says, where they're all scores and they can't seem to figure this out. Uh, and the other thing is inconsistent play at the point guard. That's the most important position, in my mind, on a college basketball team. And when Quinterly is really good, the Tigers are almost impossible to beat. When Quinterly is average or below, and he was really below average, I think, in the two-lane game, then the Tigers have a problem. Those are the flaws, and that's really what they got to work on, you know, he's, he's had these sort of admissions, you know, midway through the season before, remember two years ago, he got mad when he was asked a question by Jeff Calkins. Then um, the the next year, there was something he sort of um, at about this time planted something out there. And I can't really remember what it is, but it was something along the sort of the same nature about playing together and accepting roles. And I, I just think, This this has sort of become around this time an annual thing where he tries to get in their head to get them better.
2: Well, you're right. There has been a lot of drama through the now into the 6th January of Penny Hardaway coaching, but it, it even led into that tournament loss last year when Kendrick Davis wanted to go at it with his teammates. With five or six minutes remaining in the biggest game of the year, so it wasn't stopped last year. It reared its ugly head at the worst time of the year. I, I'm scared. This is a ticking bomb.
3: I hope not. I, I really do. Um, yeah, that was that was KD, and that was Malcolm. That was Malcolm Dandridge at the end. It was it was later in the game than than five minutes, as I recall. But it it certainly was a bad look. And and then the Tigers lost the game a game they should have won. And it was really Kendrick Davis who should have won the game. And, you know, he, for whatever reason, I think part of it was injury. But, um, you know, he, he he's a guy who should have been waiting to get fouled. He's the best ball handler, one of the best ball handlers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then he gave it up, and that timeout didn't come. So, it, you're, you're right. It, it was a bad look. And, you know, I haven't seen anything like that from this team, the bickering. It was. Uh, sort of uh, mentioned by Penny after the USF game, that people were not on the same page, that there was friction within the locker room. That was about who was going to get the ball and who wasn't. And mm-hmm. he wasn't going to say who the names were. He did tell me, as I said, that he thought going into the Tulane game, they had taken one step back to go three steps forward. He felt like it was all ironed out. But then he said again at the end, the last seven minutes, they reverted, so I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you this: if 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 they are not together, if they don't accept roles, then this team is going to struggle to even make the NCAA tournament. It's on them. They got to figure mm-hmm. it out with Penny.
1: Well, Brett brought up uh, how Penny said last night they had been kind of taking it easy on these guys, but then he kind of followed up on that, saying he was going to go back this week with this week off, and and you know practices were going to be different this week. How important for them following these back to back losses, you know, really the first sign of adversity they've had to face uh, this season? How important is it for them to have this week off, kind of get back to the fundamentals before heading to Birmingham? And what do you think Penny Hardaway is going to be focusing on, or should be focusing on in these practices? Is in preparation for UAB?
3: Well, I, I think he should go back and, and he should practice defense and defensive rotations,
1: mm-hmm. and in,
3: protect, in particular guarding the perimeter at a, at a much better rate. Between Tomlin and and Dandridge, he's playing him minutes now. you got rim protection in there, uh, and you're going to bring Jordan Brown probably into the game against UAB. You're going to have rim protection, so you better start protecting the perimeter, that would be the first thing I would do. And I think that's what he meant, Mm -hmm. is that he was going to really work these guys on defense. Forget about scoring. you got enough scores. Um, I, I, I will say there was some bad luck to this. It's not the first time for adversity, either. Because the way they lost to Villanova and then they lost to Um, Ole Miss.
0: That's true. There were
3: people that were thinking, oh, this team, they had the lucky little run. They beat a bad Michigan team. They beat a bad Arkansas team. Just let's see. And then they went on the other run. So this is the first adversity since that particular time. Um, I'll make this excuse for them, okay? There is no Caleb Mills. This is just the second or third game without him. He was the best perimeter defender. Mm -hmm. In the second half, Jaquan Walton couldn't play. He was rib injury. Something happened to him, whatever it might be. I hope this rest helps him because he played well in the first half of that game. He had 11 points in the first 20 minutes in New Orleans. Then I'm going to tell you, Nick Jourdain was sick. He was sick the whole weekend. He actually threw up on the bus on the way to Avery B. Fogeman Arena. So he wasn't himself. Tomlin got hurt in the game. He got hit in the eye. He was limited with minutes because he said he couldn't see out of his eye. And Jonathan Pierre, who hasn't played a whole bunch, mm-hmm. Jonathan Pierre, this might have been the right game for him, like it wasn't the right game to bring Jordan Brown in because those are small, quick guards. This would have been a good guard for Pierre. He could not have made, uh, did not make the trip because he had an illness. So the Tigers were shorthanded. Yeah. not saying it's Grizzly like but it was in that league.
2: You, you said earlier Penny and... You, you think the comment about the, the time off was rhetoric. Well, we know that Jordan Brown being sick was rhetoric as well. Is is Jonathan P- Pierre sick or is it rhetoric?
3: No, 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 that's, that's actual illness. The same thing that ended up getting Jordan. That stuff's going around. Hmm. And apparently when you get it, it hits you pretty hard.
1: Hmm. Well, hopefully he bounces back this week from that. Uh, speaking of Jordan Brown, the whole situation we've been kind of – Following it from the start when it was an injury, and then he wasn't with the team anymore. And then we got the rumors that there was, you know, hope for you know or talk that he could come back, but was with the team on uh, Sunday. You mentioned pregame that uh, he said he lost seven pounds um, since yeah. when he was with the team at first. What do you think this? I guess everyone's calling it the slimmer Jordan Brown can can bring to this team now that he's back. And what do you make of this whole situation of being away from the team and now with it?
3: Uh, I I, I really wish we could find out more. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: That stuff is being
3: really close to the vest. I I don't know. I do know he looks – I thought he lost more than seven pounds. He told me seven. I was sitting with Jason Munns, and both of us were surprised. I thought he was going to tell me 15 or 20. He does look slender, more slender. Maybe that will get him up and down the court a little bit more. Uh, I think when he did leave, this is – I'm guessing. No one told me this. But I, my, my guess is, first of all, he was not in shape when he was here the first time. Nine. This is not a good style for him. He wants to be a guy where they go down, they set up in half court, and they throw in the ball. If you look at his numbers, he has one assist and nine turnovers. One, one assist. Wow. And he touched the ball a lot. He's not a guy who wants to pass the ball. He wants to be fed the ball in a half court, and he wants to shoot. Well, that's not the way this system has really been set up. Penny is a running team, likes to get stuff in transition, turn you over. You weren't getting that from Jordan Brown. Then I think he got a little ticked off about the way the numbers were getting called when they, he was in the game. He kept taking himself out of the game, by the way, with fall trouble. But when he was in the game, I think he wanted the, more ball, that he, the ball more than he was getting it. And I, I think it irked him, and so he left. And then I think he wanted to come back because he didn't have very many options. He can't go to another school. And if he's not here, he's not getting paid NIL. So what, what, what was left? And so now was, it in, was, was it any NIL issue to it? I, you know what, Brett? I don't know that to be a fact, but, you know, what, what's the old thing, my friend, that we've always said through all the shows that we have done together? When in doubt, trace the money, right? <laughs> Usually we're saying that with the pros. Yeah. But think about this kid's flight. Where was he going to go? Mid-season? He can't transfer to another school. I I don't think he was going to go to the G League in the middle. I don't think he was ready to go overseas. So I think if he wanted to get the NIL money, which, by the way, was probably a lot more money than he would make in any lower division overseas or G League, Mm -hmm. that he had to come back. And I, I think he went home and he started thinking about it and he probably started working out a little bit, lost a little weight, and he's going to try to give it a go here.
2: So I just wonder if, if that is being done around college sports, if we're using NIL kind of as carrot stick. Get in shape, get back, we'll give you your money after we see that
3: you're in shape. Well, I do believe that. I think when the NIL stuff first started, I, I think they played payor, paid players a bunch of money up front. It's my knowledge that Imani Bates got all his money up front. Nike won't do that anymore. And I don't think since that particular incident, the University of Memphis has agreed to do that. I think these guys get paid on a monthly basis.
1: Interesting. Well, the week off for the Tigers. We'll see what happens. And uh, back to work Sunday against UAB down in Birmingham. I know Andy Kennedy um, was calling his fans to come out in support for their team this weekend against Memphis. Sounds like it could be uh, a really, really good environment uh, this weekend as well. But Dave, as always, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week.
3: All right. That's a great environment, by the way, if you've never been in there when there's a bunch of folks. And the Memphis. UAB rivalry is pretty good, and Andy yeah. knows that, because Andy goes back to it as a player, and it's all the connection of Gene Bartow, I always think to him and I think of his son, Murray, who's now a scout when we go there, mm-hmm. I love that vibe, I think there'll be a, a pretty good amount of people that will be wearing blue, but uh, this this will be a great UAB crowd This is going to be a good atmosphere and it's it's coming down to if Memphis really wants to keep any kind of good seed in mind, they got to win this game there's no question
1: yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, you Dave. You got it. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Dave Willotion, the voice of the Tigers with us every single Tuesday to talk Tiger football and basketball. And it's going to be a, a good one Sunday afternoon, uh, against UAB on the road in Birmingham. But let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Grizzlies. They won last night in Toronto. We'll do that next on Sports Time.
0: Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats, and Bryant Dacus.
1: Welcome back into to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. Johnny Hill producing. We're in our family leisure studios as always. And Brett, we talked a little bit about the Tigers in the last segment, but the Grizzlies were in action last night against the Raptors. A 108 to 100 win for the Grizzlies, and uh, we talked about it yesterday. It's Toronto Raptors team—they've been struggling. They've made some changes um, already. A, tr- a big trade uh, a couple weeks ago, but this seemed like a game that this young Grizzlies team, this injured Grizzlies team, could go on the road and win, and, and they did it last night. Uh, and what well, was a really fun game to watch.
2: And never trailed.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, played really, really well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a win they needed. Most of, uh, four out of the five starters in double figures last night. Jaron leading the way. With 27, Luke Kennard, Vince Williams both played really well. Um, and, uh, you know, those are the guys that you really want to, to step up right now. You know, those are the guys that, that you're going to rely on. Vince Williams just got, um, you know, kind of that upgrade from, from the two-way to a, a regular standard contract. So you want to see those guys go out there and produce. And so uh, it was really good to see that last night.
2: Safe to say Luke Kennard in an expanded role, having to move over <laughs> yes. and play uh, a, a lot, a lot of point, but it, that was a good win last night. So, I've been to seven Grizzlies games this year.
1: Okay.
2: Starting with from opening night through a couple of Friday nights ago. Uh-huh. I'm one in six in person. Ugh. So, that means they've won more games in Canada this year than I've seen them win at FedEx 4, or the same number that I've seen wow. at FedEx 4.
1: How about that? Oh, Canada. Yeah. Not a great record, Brett, but no. I don't think I don't think many people that go to Grizzlies games have a great record. this Only
2: season. four at home all year, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe that's right. How about this? I am one and zero in in Grizzlies games I've been at in person this year. How about so, that? You know, so that's a pretty good record. But that was
2: the it was, that, that was a, that was a, my win. That, one that was your win. That's right, Utah. I,
1: I just have not been to a uh, to a loss, so that's uh, got to keep that that record in check.
2: I'm trying to find – yeah, they've, they've won four games at home this year. Yeah, that's – Four and 15.
1: Brad, it's one of those years. 12
2: and 12 on the road.
1: They're good on the road. I mean, it's, it's usually the opposite, especially when you're so banged up and playing young guys. Usually it's – you know, at home you find success, but this team's been good on the road.
2: And with everything the Grizzlies have been through, five's a lot, though. hmm on, Only trail Golden State in the loss column by five. That's... What's Golden State's excuse?
1: Good question. I don't. I don't think they have one. The end of a dynasty coming.
2: Did did in that game last night? Did Pop finally move Wembenyama off of <laughs> Embiid? He was getting cooked so bad.
1: I don't know. I was in and out on that game all night, and so I. I don't know. But before the game, he was saying, "We're gonna, we're gonna show him. We're gonna. I mean, this is gonna be a great game." And oof. And and
2: you would think at eight and thirty-five, mm. there would be somebody out there do that. Is this the end for pop? Like everybody uh-huh. did for Belichick that I've mentioned, yeah. you never see that story, that speculation, uh-huh. that, that, that topic, yeah. that nothing.
1: No, no, you don't see it at all. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's the the fascination with with Wimbenyama is kind of overtaking um, the the actually what's happening with this team. I don't know because I, I you don't see anybody talking negatively about Wimbenyama, and I feel like that's somewhat carrying over and blinding people from this team's record.
2: You don't get a critical word no. about
1: Popovich. No. No, 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 and you never have. So I don't know. I don't know why we thought and, we were now
2: and Belichick one more. Mm-hmm. And even in the rut, had more success than the rut Popovich is in.
1: And and we uh, heard it what week like three in the NFL season of oh Belichick can't do it anymore. It was all Tom Brady. It's you know he's done. He- doing heard it last year, heard it year. last year. But this year was really the first year we heard oh he's done. There's there's no way they can hold and
2: on. You've, to him. And you and you you've never even gotten here to Mars <laughs> from that story of. Pop only did it because of Tim Duncan.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no chance. No, no way you'll ever see that. I mean, it's, cause, cause
2: Pop is one of the, he, he, he's one of the coolest kids ever to the NBA media.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he is. And, uh, I mean, right there at the, at the very bottom, only, only two teams, Brett, with, uh, with less wins than the Spurs right now. And it's the Wizards and the Pistons. I mean, that's, uh, not a great, a uh, great group to be in, but it was uh, it was fun to see what Joel and B did last night with the uh, the seventy point game. in then you had Cat go out um, and and score a bunch of points, but they ended up losing the game and, it's... and got
2: real cold. And, the, and that, uh-huh. they were star watching. And oh, and yeah. that loss at the end of the year, if they miss out that one seed mm-hmm. and home court all the way through because that January loss to Charlotte, yeah. Uh, and, and Chris Finch, I, I thought handled it well. He blasted them. It, it, it's time for some of those guys to grow
1: up. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm with you on that. And, you know, Cat, he's, he's a guy who loves his stats. He loves his points. And he likes to get up his shots. And uh, doesn't sound like uh, Chris Finch liked that very much uh, last night after uh, they lost that game to the Hornets. But uh, let's go ahead, wrap up our first hour and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk some college football with Brent Beard.